production of GopherPuckLive.com. Now, let's join Hammy, Vigo, and your host, Jupiter. Good evening and welcome to the GPL Podcast. We're back after taking a week off, and we're a little shorthanded this week because Vigo cannot join us. You know, his wife and kids are all sick, and uh, I think it was just better for him to take the night off. At least that's what he, what he thought. But we do have a special guest joining us. Yeah, you know him from his long stint at KFAN and more recently at 1500 ESPN Radio. But next week, he's moving into something completely new. More on that in a little bit, but let's welcome Jeff Dubay to the GPL Podcast. Jeff, how are you doing? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. We're doing well. Um, this is technology. I mean, I'm blown away by this. I'm talking at my computer screen right now. Yes, you are. And, you know, we're doing this via Skype, and we're, this is all new for you, I know, but you better get used to it because what are you doing soon? You're doing your own podcast. Yeah, well, not my own. Well, you know what? It, I know you're going to have someone on with you, but you know what? You're, you know, you, the radio situation just kind of gone to nowhere because I heard you talk about it last week that there's yeah. no money being put into radio anymore, and it's killing the whole whole area. But yeah. this podcasting thing is a new thing, and it might be just up your alley. Well, I'm telling you, the from the middle of January till uh, early February was kind of tough uh, personally for me. I mean, I I was there's nothing out there. I mean. Yeah, I called people who I know like me and I know respect me, like you know, Mick Anselmo and I mean Dan Seaman had to let me go. These are guys I've known forever, and nobody has anything. And um, you know, every everybody thought I was going to just walk into the ticket. I mean, they, they, they waived my no compete at fifteen hundred, and my bosses flat out told me. I mean, if if they don't hire you in a week, they're idiots. But yeah, I went over there and I did two hours, and I'm I mean, I'm not. I don't want to tell too many tales out of school, but. I, I think I fell victim to some some rumors and some misinformation, and it's it's that's a little disturbing to me. But I mean, I basically spent a week and a half, you know, kind of moping around, thinking, "These it's it's curtains." I mean, I, that's, that was my last chance, and now there's you know misinformation about you know, about me or whatever, and I didn't know where it came from, and it was completely inaccurate. And then all of a sudden, I met with Sean Bernard, and you know, a week later, I got I got something going on again, and it's it's right up my alley. So we'll see. I mean, I'm pretty excited. I mean, it's going to be this or House Painter. So what the hell? So you're you're going to be part of like the Tom Bernard kind of little podcast network, or what's going on with that? Uh, yeah, yep. Um, they're going to have uh, 24 hours programming. I mean, it's going to be around the clock eventually. Uh, right now, I guess I'm the not County Tom. I'm the first daily show, but there's two more. That are just about to sign on. Actually, three more. And I don't know if I'm at liberty to uh, to divulge. But oh, you two- don't need to do that. <laughs> don't want to get <laughs> you in trouble right yeah. off the bat. You know, you know, they're all Twin Cities media types. Yeah. Actually, one's a Hollywood media type from Minnesota. Ooh. That's all I'm going to say. So just, just back Ooh. off. <laughs> <laughs> but this whole thing's new to you. Well, well this is this is actually your first real before. podcast right here. Oh, the, oh yeah. well, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, but... You know, talking into a microphone about sports, just talking into a microphone about True. sports. It's, of course, I'm not getting paid for this. So it's a little different. Well, n- neither are we. So. <laughs> but, but I mean, I mean, I'm, in, I'm in a dark room with no clothes on, so that's familiar. Oh, uh, too much information. <laughs> too much information. That is totally you, though. Puffy. 
<laughs> Sorry, I had to put that drop in there. <laughs> so what's, what's the format going to be like? I mean, you just pick in like what's happening in sports that particular day or week, or I mean, what's the format going to be? It's 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 it's, a, it's local sports. I mean, it's I mean, I know when you're on the internet, you're wherever anybody wants yeah. to hear you, but yeah. it's, it's, the show is going to be a Minnesota. It's going to be a local sports show, as if it was on uh, local air, but. Uh, you know, we're not going to have the commercial breaks. We're not going to have the fluff and all this. So what we're going to do, since I've been known to talk fast anyway and be a little no. frenetic. No. <laughs> and I decided it wasn't going to be a cerebral meandering through the, you know, the you know, meadows of, of, your, of your sports mind. <laughs> it's going to be a frenetic, fast-paced 60 minutes where we're going to give you a three-hour talk show uh, worth of content in 60 minutes and call it Give Me 60. Give Me 60. Yeah, so, we're going to so save you two You're hours starting a day. Monday, we're gonna right? Get, we're gonna get, you're going to get everything you need in one hour and then save two hours a day. And this starts Monday, right? It starts Monday, yeah. Yeah, and we today actually hatched an idea to uh, – because it's just it's such a perfect marriage. We, we're hatching an idea to do a Vikings postgame show next year because – That would be you, off the charts. Can you imagine a Vikings game uh, a postgame show where the hosts and callers can swear? It's going to be ridiculous. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, can you imagine? Well, oh, I mean, the only problem – you, still, you still got to worry about the drunk idiots, though. But no, you don't. It's the internet. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it, sometimes with the drunk idiots, they'll just kind of – Goat, well, they're on the phone with you. It doesn't matter. It's, 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 there, there are no laws. It's Thunderdome. I mean, that is true. If you, I mean, if you're a disgruntled Vikings fan, and they all are to an extent, and they, yeah. and they lay an egg against you know Chicago, are you going to want to call Ben Lieber and breaking it down with all due respect to Ben, like in a, in a like in a real clinical kind of a fashion? Do you want to call me uh, and, and and Tom Bernard and just just a, on a profanity laced tirade that makes you so spent you need a cigarette when you're <laughs> Well, I, 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 I assume you're going to like, you know, you obviously you're going to be recording a podcast. You'll release podcast, you know, an hour or two after you're done. Yep. But are, are you going to be broadcasting live like you guys were this afternoon as well? We are going to be live daily at 8 p.m. 8 p.m. And it, yeah, it will be. And the, the um, this is a little tricky. This stuff I don't totally get. Uh, we don't have an app yet. So to download it, you have to go to JeffDubay.com. Yeah. But if you want to hear it live at 8 o'clock. It will be on uh, the Tom Bernard Show app. Yeah. So we, so we'll be available live on his app, mm-hmm. but not uh, on demand on his app. I see. Hmm. And I, I've got. To, I figured out a ways to listen to it w- without those apps. So well, you're welcome to come over and sit sit in on the table anytime you want. Just well. don't say anything. <laughs> I mean, you're welcome to have guests. I mean, they got a bar. They got a wet bar. That's a really nice setup. I mean, nobody. So you're you're going to have guests on the show then? Yeah. You know. Um. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, we can, and it's it's only one hour, so I, I don't want to do more than a guest today. I mean, yeah. you know, I want to just use people that I've used in the past and have good relationships with. You know, Guys but like, you know, you're going to do it at eight p.m. When when um, Diane's got a real great relationship with Quincy Lewis yeah. and Jim Peterson, they've already committed. Okay. So it's going to be you know the typical talk show types. But doing it at eight p.m. is going to kind of cut in on your goal for hockey. Yeah. At least on you know, Friday we nights. Like, yeah, we actually do get eight o'clock starts fairly frequently now. Yeah, but you know, I think the network is going to actually, you know, do me a, do me do me a solid here by delaying the start times of games. So you're going to are you going to read so eight to, from eight to nine or seven to eight or? Oh, and here's the other thing too. I mean, yeah, it's going to be it's, it's eight to nine. Yeah. But I mean, I, I mean, I coach a baseball team in the summer up in Maple Grove, and I mean, so if, if I want to, I can go and record the show at two. Yeah. So, I mean, if I want to do a, a Friday yeah. show and get it in the can, you know, I can I can get it done by dinner time if I want to. Okay. The world of podcast. That's true. You know, you know. Well, one thing we like to do is we broadcast live. People are listening right now. They could tweet us live. So make sure you push that live uh, part of it. So uh, 
Yeah, eight o'clock is going to be the standard, but there will be times where it just might move for a day or two because I got stuff going on. Because I mean, because it's just the way how you get interactive. You know, we've got people tweeting us questions right now that we can answer live as we're recording the podcast, and yeah, we might take calls from 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 you know listeners if we can coordinate it well enough. Well, there oh. you go, there you go. So, well, it's it's positive for you, isn't it? Oh hell yeah! Are you kidding? It's it's <laughs> life affirming. I mean, it was it is the it was the you know, the rope down the well, for God's sake. I mean, like I said, I was, you know, just going to go, you know, do whatever I could to just make a few bucks until I could figure out what I was, what I was going to, you know, what direction it was going to be. I was, you know, going to start calling the you know, Learfield and, and places like that because there just aren't any stations left. So, you and know, then the funny thing is, yeah. five or ten years from now, I mean, even three, four years from now, you might, if this, if this trend continues. I mean, I know Tom Bernard is a different animal. I mean, Tom Bernard is, you know, one of the most successful, commercially successful radio personalities yeah. in the history of this, of this market. Probably the most in the history of this market. But his show is printing money. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. I, they, 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 he, he has a chance to maybe make enough on that show in the next couple of years, too, to, to, to leave radio. I mean, to leave over-the-air radio and, and just sit in a room and swear with his buddies for a living. And that's kind of a dream of his. And just, just the way radio's trending and the way podcasts and internet is trending and you're looking at the internet coming up in cars in the not too distant future like reliable internet yeah yeah i mean you, you might you might see you know a lot of radio personalities make this move uh by design rather than out of necessity like i did but it's well, gonna be i mean i'm excited it's a blast i own the show i, I control the revenue i i mean it's 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 my own thing and i cannot be fired i mean unless i really get mad at <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 how about that? What about the revenue? I mean, uh, do, you, do you have something coming in, or is that something you need to build on your own? Well, that's something we build as a partnership. That's why, why I'm part of a network. If I went out and tried to build a podcast, and uh, I, I, I couldn't do it. I wouldn't have a prayer. I wouldn't have the physical yeah. plant. Not that you need much. I mean, I'm talking into a computer screen right now. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, you gotta, you got to have a client base. you got to have just some, some wherewithal. I mean, Sean Bernard... It's a guy I worked with at Clear Channel years ago, and uh, he is, he's Tom's nephew, but he's also the top digital media sales guy in the market. That's not even close. Okay, I mean, okay. I mean, in, in the digital sales, if you know what you're doing, they, the advertisers, they're blown away by it because they're looking at website hits and direct marketing. I mean, like, you, you can, you know, say, hey, Common Man told me to stop on by, but you don't know who heard the spot if it's on the radio. Yeah. But uh, anything, anything that's podcast is directly i mean there's a click i mean there's a there's a view there's right. a download and, they, and people know exactly what they're getting and and i think I, the targeting is even better as well you know yes, i i kind of i followed i followed this this uh, another type of uh podcasting network called the twit network it was done by leo laporte out of uh san francisco mm-hmm. and he built his own thing you know he got he, he wasn't on television anymore he was starting this podcasting thing when it was just the beginning and he built it up. It's a whole tech network. They talk about Windows. They talk about podcasting. They talk about you know Macintosh, security, all this technical stuff. For the nerds. For the nerds. But that allows them to target specifically oh, yeah. in their advertising. I mean, it's just a, an, an advertising revenue that's really targeted, and that's what advertisers need these days. Well, the podcast demographic is off the charts. I, I remember when I was working at The Fan – Everybody envied our demographics as men 25 to 54. Yeah. And I, so that just, you know, those are, the, those are the consumers, those are the spenders and the earners, you know, to a, to a large extent. And the, uh, and the podcast audiences, and, you know, for those out there listening to us right now, you're the cream of that crop. I mean, you're the educated and, and uh, profitable and, and lucrative yuppie crew who doesn't, you know, you know, turn on the radio. You download something off a website because you're in an office behind a desk. Yep. 
you know, not in a ditch, you know, with a pickaxe. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> the world needs ditch diggers too, right? I've been on a chain gang. No, hey. I haven't. Oh, wow. I'm just kidding. But I, uh, well, we'll take any advertisers. If anyone wants to advertise on the GPL podcast, just let me know. We'll... Yeah, it's, a, it's a great demographic. I mean, the, the, the podcast listener is a, is a very desirable demographic. Uh, we'll take the money, won't we, Hammy? Do you think I'm going to see any of it? <laughs> Hell yeah. If we, if we sell advertising on here, it's being delved out equally. Let me tell you. Yeah, well, okay. I'll, I'll believe it when I see the check. Yeah, I know. Nobody cares. It's go for hockey, man. We're definitely a small audience. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but that's it's 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 a loyal crew too. I mean, you'd think places yes. like would, you know, you know, you know that kind of a place would be interested. Ticket, them, like, I'm thinking places like Ticket King and even like yeah, that would okay. be would be excellent for, even for you guys. Yeah, because well, you're talking oh, yeah, sports. Well, absolutely, yeah. No, we, we'll we'll definitely talk to, to ticket places. Um, I actually have never thought of myself. As a networker, I'm just you know just a guy who you know throws out opinions and, and BSs. But yeah. I mean, they've been having me you know, go through my you know my mental Rolodex, which is a little damaged. I'm not going to lie to you, but there, there's a few cards <laughs> missing. But uh, you know, I'm dusting off you know the people that you know, like Tom Smith, an Optima Mortgage, yeah. you know, the mortgage guy, and I mean I'm not going to call Body Solutions up and see what they're doing these days. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a few advertisers I'm gonna look to get in touch with, you know, maybe Continental Diamonds, and try to stop in and say hi to some old friends. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be making some sales calls. I'm gonna be a man about town. Well, it's your show. You can do whatever the hell you want. I could get a massage parlor. That would be awesome. Oh boy, here we go. It's You're not doing the podcast from Duluth, are you? Oh geez, that's sketchy. That is. <laughs> I think there's an Asian rub and tug in Hopkins. Oh, Asian rub and tug and Hoggins. Well, well, had places that if I would have been 10 years older than I was at the time, I'd probably be, be in jail right now. <laughs> I mean, like forever. Not the jail I was in. I mean, like long-term jail. Well, it sounds like you're pretty excited. It's something totally new for you. And, uh, well, boy, it's... I, mean, I was out of breath because I was drinking some grape juice. I'm oh. not that excited. You should be excited. I mean, obviously, well, like you said, the local, the local uh, market is starting to suck. Um, well, it just is. Um you know, I feel yeah. bad for Chad Hartman over there, WCCO. It seems like he can't talk more than three sentences before he has to go to commercial. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not that familiar with their with their clock or their format. Oh, but, it's, it's but, so... but I mean, I feel sorry to be honest with you. That I, I have some concerns for the guys that um, that I left behind at, at my most recent stop because that that's a, that's an am signal. You just can't put numbers. You can't turn numbers there. It's, and they, I mean, there's some quality programming there, and it's just oh yeah. I mean, I. I was like, uh, just before Christmas, I, you know, I'd run into people and they'd recognize me and say, hey, what are you up to these days? Like, I've been at ESPN 1500 for yeah. 10 months, but yeah. nobody knows. But it is what it is. Well, we, a lot of us go for hockey guys were listening to you. I appreciate it. Cause, uh, I appreciate you know. it. I know what I miss? Lou Nanny. I miss Lou Nanny. I got to get him on my podcast. Well, do it. I will. There I you call. go. You've got all these connections. Get the Don on there. Get, you know, oh, yeah. get, Grant, get Grandpa Tolney. Oh yeah, he's well, one of your, he's, he's one of your boys. Pay deal, he's got a paid deal with a fan, but I don't know if a conflict with if a podcast. But Tony doesn't. Well, what I'm trying to angle is I want to get uh, I want to get PA to come in so we can have at least one reunion show. Well, people will listen to it. It's just a podcast. It's not broadcasting over the radio. So hopefully, you know, right. like, Clear Channel wouldn't have a problem with that. But yeah, but, well, I think it would just come down to whether or not you know Chad Abbott would be agreeable to it. And since we're friends, I think he probably would. 
Yeah, well, yeah. like you, I heard you talking on Tom's podcast last night, or last week, actually, that, uh, you know, if they were to put you two back together, the ratings would probably go through the roof again. But there's no money anymore. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, I'm just basing that off. I mean, I can't go on Twitter without, you know, seeing, you know, 10 requests a day for the PA and Dubai reunion. And I, I mean, it's, it's really, it's really pretty touching, pretty moving, to be honest with you, because it's, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's been a long time. Hell, it was 2008. I mean, that's six years ago. I'm surprised people didn't remember, but um, I don't know. It's just, it, 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 it was it, part it, of people's it, routine. I mean, I was listening to it every day. I mean, well, we were having so much fun and it, it it's, um, I mean, I screwed it up. It's, it's my own fault, but the, um, the it, people see me unemployed and available and they think, well, you know what? Why, why don't they do it? But yeah. I mean, Clear Channel isn't, you know, Chad Abbott. Dan Barrero and Paul Allen, it's a bunch of guys in San Antonio. Well, they don't give yeah. a damn about, you know, an old show that was on in Minnesota. They care about, you know, what the bottom line is at the end of the quarter. So it's, I'm not a priority for people in San Antonio. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's get into some gopher hockey, guys. Yeah, that's what this is about. That's it? what it's about. Well, we <laughs> well, had to catch up with you. Me on Twitter yesterday. Thanks, Justin. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, yeah, you've got to grow up with this knuckle, Chuck. I mean, I've known him since I was five. <laughs> well, the Gophers had the week off last week, uh, which was nice. Uh, actually, I just saw a tweet from Gopher Hockey wondering on a scale of 1 to 10 how much did uh, we miss them last weekend. Well, of course we missed them. You weren't playing. Um, but the weekend before that, we swept Michigan. Hammy, 5-3-4-1, sweep over Michigan. Hopefully they're in the rearview mirror. But uh, give me your initial thoughts on the uh, Michigan series feeling was is it was great to see them kind of rebound considering the prior two weeks and especially offensively you know we struggled for a couple weeks and now you know we got nine goals against Michigan granted it's a different style of play that they have but nonetheless it was great to see them rebound offensively Um, certainly you know it was to me I think it's a burgeoning rivalry I've talked about this for a while I think this is going to be eventually not right now but eventually the replacement for the North Dakota rivalry because all the games that we're going to be playing them every single year. And they're probably going to be meaningful games. Yeah. Uh, we saw some of the cheap shots that we got from Michigan, which usually helps get that rivalry cooked up. So I think that that certainly is, you know, an exciting thing from a big picture standpoint, but um, overall it was a great weekend. Well, for me, uh, like I've said this one many times in the past, Michigan has always been the number two rivalry for me. I, you know, those losses in the NCAA tournament back in the nineties, the college hockey showcase, the games were always fast-paced, entertaining, just like the North Dakota game. So they've always been my number two before even other teams like Wisconsin and and uh, you know Duluth and whatever. Jeff, what do you think about this rekindled rivalry with, with Michigan? Well, there's, there's no doubt it's 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 the it's the up and comer. I mean, it's going to be. I mean, like Hammy said, it's going to be the king of the hill. Um, and if anybody thinks that you've elevated it too quickly. You know, you know, the difference between people who have that rivalry in an elite level and those who aren't quite ready to put it there yet are that's the difference between those who have been to Yost and those who haven't. Because okay. once you've gone, Michigan fans are, I mean, they're the scum of the earth. And I, had, <laughs> I had no idea until I, was, until I experienced it firsthand. I mean, I've, I've, go for fans. I feel some bodico with, with when I'm on the road and I'm in, in a town with Michigan State fans or Boston College fans. Because we don't have a bitter, horrible, brutal history against those teams. And they beat teams that we want them to beat and vice yeah. versa. Yeah. We, do, we get each other's backs. Kind of like how Maine and North Dakota had kind of a, like a, a, a man-on-man love affair going for a while, too. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. But, and, I mean, so, and, and these Michigan State fans, they'd always just – they'd paint these pictures of, of, just of these of Michigan fans basically being – 
you know, drunk, rabid Badger fans. And she'll think they, they made it sound like it was, couldn't even be possibly as bad as all that. And then you go to Ann Arbor and you're just like, oh, my God. This is, this is, I, mean, I was just, yeah, you've been to Yost, both of you, right? I have not. It's, yeah. it's, it is a zoo and the people are horrible. And, then, and my first exposure there was actually an NCAA regional in 2002. And, uh, oh, with I, CC. Yeah, we beat CC. We didn't even have to play Michigan. Oh, and it, was, it was beautiful because we had the early game. And, uh, and, you know, so we, we punched our ticket. And then, uh, you know, Denver was playing Michigan. And these Michigan fans have just been just horrible all weekend. And after the first intermission of the, of the Michigan-Denver game, which is a game Michigan won in comfort behind fashion against a Denver team that never gave up leads. They were so stingy. Dublowitz and that crew. Oh, that was a good team. But uh, the, um, the, uh, this Michigan fan came up to me and said, who do you want to see win this game? And I said, you, because we'll beat you. I mean, Denver, Denver took us out in the, in the final five title game. In uh, in very workmanlike fashion, yes. they were so fun. They were no fun, and I mean, I wanted I wanted Michigan. I mean, the the, the Gophers have had Michigan's number since you know the turn of the century, <laughs> or the millennium. Actually, I guess you want to be big about. It. How, you know how stupid are their fans though? Are they oh, as dumb as Badger fans? You know, it's so dumb. They think Yost is like this great old venue, and it's still <laughs> place to watch games. But it was a field house until like what 1970 or something. I mean, it's only recently been a hockey uh, arena, I believe. I mean, it's not like it was a hockey arena when it was built in the 1920s or whatever. It's kind of like uh, we got nothing else to do with this piece of crap. Let's play hockey in it. I mean, <laughs> and it's it's got some flavor. And I do miss old barns because the WCHA turned very modern as yeah. as, as, as also. And uh, and I do miss like just the old dingy, smelly, musty places like the Deck and the Dane and and you know the old Mariucci and the old Ralph, but. Having said that, I mean, Yost is not a place where they were playing hockey in 1920. It's just it's it's kind of like faux historic. But it's, <laughs> it, it, it's cozy, but it's just it's just too obnoxious to enjoy. So I should well, be concerned if I ever go there. Then the fans are are jackbags, basically. You're saying yeah, but 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 I mean, you you'll you'll get a feel that you kind of had at the old Mariucci. I mean, it's not set okay. up exactly the same, but it's a field house where you are crammed in. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's, it's it's a fun atmosphere. I mean, you got to do it sometime. Do it before you die. It's I mean, it's like running with the bulls. Well, and the other thing you have to remember about rivalries is that you know the changing nature of rivalries over history. I mean, my father, I talked with him about this. He went to the U, kind of early '60s, and back then the rivalries were Denver and Michigan. I mean, mm-hmm. North Dakota wasn't even on the map in terms of rivalries at that point. And so I I understood why a lot of fans were upset about North Dakota and all the changes and all that, but. I think that they need to realize you have to give it time for some of these things to build up. And I think Michigan, no doubt, will be one of the top one or two uh, rivalries for the Gophers moving yeah. forward. Well, and the games are the, the games are always fun to me because, you know, while, you know, Wisconsin is clearly a, a historic rivalry that will, that will stay a rivalry going forward. They're just they're no fun. They're just I mean, you can only see so many two to one games before you just go, Jesus, get these guys out of the league. Oh, we, we were bitching a couple of weeks ago about that. You oh, know, we got, we, got, we got swept by Wisconsin. We were bitching yeah. about, you know, the style of play. Well, yeah, because it's freaking boring as hell. Yeah. Well, I mean, when people, when people for years and years, people always ask you, well, you know, who's who's if there's a coach in the college ranks that, that's ready to move up, who would it be? And it never happens. I mean. They go, you know, from Canadian juniors up into the AHL and yeah. they don't come from college hockey. I mean, Blaze tried to do it; he couldn't do it. But you look at guys, you look at guys who play system hockey and stick to system hockey. You know, just died to the, you know, nailed to the cross system hockey. And Eves is the is the poster bullet for it. I mean, he plays 
an NHL style, and he's inflexible. He never leaves it, and it's his guys come out very NHL ready. I mean, to his credit, and he's successful with less talent than a lot of other people have. And if there was a coach that you just could handpick out of college and say you need a college guy to go coach your pro team, which doesn't happen, but if you did, the Eves would be the guy. Can't stand it. Just can't stand it. You know, I, I, I literally miss the old bad Jeff Sauer Badger teams. Well, yeah, it was just way more fun, and it, yeah, it just pisses me off. That's all. I just yeah, you just don't have Max Williams running around being an idiot anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, take that, as Glenn would say. (laughs) Well, the Badgers swept Michigan State this past weekend, and that didn't do us any good. We could have had Michigan State at least win one of those games. Uh, they were, again, low-scoring games, Hammy. Uh, I got to hate the Badgers. <laughs> yeah, well, they're not going to – I mean, if you have a – if you're an insomniac, you know, they'd probably be the team to watch, right? So, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, they argue that they're such a great – you know, their team is great, and and they argue that they're not playing that kind of slow-it-down style. But the reality oh, is, is that – um, you know, most of their games, they've had such a weak schedule this year, you know, as far as the last two months. I mean, they've had some teams, the Gophers, and they played Michigan. But, uh, you know, last couple of months, they haven't played the cream of the crop. So, I mean, you have to kind of look into those stats a little bit with a uh, skeptical, you know, view. But, uh, they, you know, they swept. You have to give them credit for that. And, and you kind of expect them to at home. They've been really good at home this year and terrible on the road. So, hopefully with these last four games of theirs on the road, even though, one series against Penn State. Hopefully they'll drop one or two. Well, they're only one point back now. I mean, we do have two games in hand, but, you know, they're one point back. And uh, obviously, even with the two games in hand, the Gophers really need to just kind of get through this and keep Wisconsin behind them. Well, you know what was so weird last year? when The last time we saw Wisconsin in the regular season, they looked like nothing. I mean, they, and they were nothing. By the end of the year, uh, I, I don't know where it came from. I mean, we see, you know, North Dakota get off the slow starts and, and come charging, and we got used to it. Uh, yeah, the Gophers had done it from time to time. But Wisconsin was a team that, I mean, we were going to February last year. I'm thinking, this team has nothing. And when the brackets came out, I, I mean, I looked at the 16, and I had them in the Frozen Four. I mean, I really thought that they were on that kind of a run. Of course, they made me look like an idiot again, so I hate him even more. But, <laughs> but, but what they do is they, they, they have enough have a, a couple of you know really good reliable guys on the blue line and one really good line i mean like you know the merge angrily i mean they can they can load up a line that will score a goal or two and and, and then everybody else will just go out and check you to death and it and it can be enough and it sucks boring mm-hmm. just, just boring as hell it, it wins you know we hate it it wins but you know, know i'm allowed to hate it because it's just, it wins it, some it, i mean if they if they wouldn't have been the only team ever to get a regional and a frozen four in their home state, they'd you know be titleless going back to what the could 80s? be could be any whatever. I mean, it's ridiculous. Well, uh, after playing us, getting swept by us, Michigan <laughs> plays Penn State at Yost and splits with them. Jeff, what? Friday night was great. What the hell? I watched that on my iPhone and I couldn't believe it. How did Penn State win at Yost? Yeah, I mean, they've, they've beaten Michigan twice this year. And yeah. Well, yeah, I'll tell you this. One thing that, that, that really jumps out about Michigan is they've got awful goaltending. I mean, they have got the Special Olympics goaltending. I mean, it, it is <laughs> a disaster. It is. The, the, the guy, I can't even pronounce his name, the guy they played against Penn State, because they, they had Racine for our series, correct, both games? I believe so, yeah. And, but they, then they played some guy with some, like, Dutch-Swedish Noodlesford name or something. I mean, I, don't, I can't even pronounce it, but he was – he could – he 
could barely stand up. He could barely hold, hold a stick. I mean, I, I wanted to see him in a wheelchair at intermissions. I, he, they have the worst goaltending I've seen from, you know, a potential top 10 team in years. Well, they still got the offense, though, and that's why yeah. there's, there's, there's still a slight threat to Minnesota. Well, I'll tell you what. The Saturday night game at, at Mariucci. I mean, you talked about the Gopher Michigan weekend. Oh, yeah. The Saturday night game was the game that caught my attention because anybody who watched the first 20 minutes thought, boy, I mean, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the first period of the game against Duluth where we got waxed. You know, like we, yeah. where we were hanging on, but we were just not competing. And But, you know, here it is against Michigan. And, I mean, Michigan. They could have run us out of the building in the first fifteen minutes, and then we get it. Then we, you know, we chip one in at the end of the first period, you know, get the get the lead early in the second, and all of a sudden we have a very professional dispensing of a team that 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 looked like they were going to run up, run us out of our building on a night where we looked flat and had a potential letdown from the night before. So that Saturday game is the game that really showed me something. Hammy, any thoughts on uh, Penn State and Michigan? No, I mean, I think, uh, I, like I joked on Twitter, they must have some kind of Michigan uh, Wolverine kryptonite. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting to me that the two wins that they have in the league are against, you know, Michigan. I don't know if it's a matchup situation for them or, or exactly what it is, but uh, it's it's kind of interesting because, um, you know, I, I, but at the same time, Penn State has been pretty competitive against some good teams. I mean, they played us, you know, pretty tough when we were out there. Um, they certainly played, I think, BC only lost to them by a goal. Or I mean, they BC beat them by only a goal when they were in Penn State. So I mean, they played some good teams, pretty tight. So it's I guess not entirely surprising that they might give Michigan a tough time. You want to look at a pattern or a trend, though. I mean, Michigan has some first periods where they look like they are going to steamroll teams. And Friday yeah. night against Penn State, they jumped out to what what two goals in the first five minutes. I mean, when when I'm watching that game and that happens. I'm going to Netflix. I mean, I'm, I'm, fl- I'm flipping to it. I'm going to Netflix and finding something I can watch for the next couple of hours because I'm thinking Michigan six to one. I mean, Penn State on the road. You, I mean, Yost is the most hostile building in the conference. It's, it's it, you could say that about it without a doubt. And then you know, Michigan is obviously more skilled than Penn State. Two nothing in the first five minutes sounds like six to one to me. It should have been over. Yeah, how they lose that game is is, is head scratching. But again. At Mariucci on the road, different different scenario, but they looked so good at the first fifteen minutes Saturday night. I just I, I thought something's going to have to really change for this uh, for this ice to tilt the other way, and uh, that's that's uh, I was impressed at how easily it did, to be honest with you. But, but I think Michigan must really fade. I mean, they they're they're known for these great first periods, and they're not having a great year. So something goes wrong along the way. But they're still capable of putting you away. Oh, yeah. So that's there's still a, I think there's still a huge threat out there, and. Uh... You know, there. You just never know when it gets to a one-game scenario at the X later on this year. Yeah. So. And it's it's easy to sit there and say there's two or three teams that you look at, but then Yale comes out of nowhere and True. they're the worst national champion I've ever seen in my life. I mean, <laughs> Michigan State from a few years ago are the two worst teams I've ever seen win or not. Well, let's well, kind of we'll kind of piggyback on what Jeff was saying. I mean, Michigan's outscored opponents by ten goals in the first period, and second period it's a minus three, and the third period it's only a plus two. So he's got that dead on on that. Yeah, they just they, they they are known for this fast start, but I mean, we just saw them at back to back games Saturday at Minnesota and Friday at home against Penn State, where they they looked so good and lost both. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've got quite a few questions via Twitter. Let me throw a couple at you guys. Uh, Martin wants to know: Has the softer schedule, you know, the Big Ten versus WCHA, helped the Gophers in their prep for the NCAA? You know, they might be a higher seed, but will they be prepared, Jeff? You know, with this, you know, conference schedule, it's not as good. I think that the schedule has allowed them to look a little more complete than they are. 
Okay. I, I, I mean, they're a very good team. The record does, you know, yeah. speak to it for itself. I mean, and, you know, your record is what it is because it, it is what it is, and nobody gave it to you. But uh, when we had Gensel on at uh, at the Commons when um, when Don was overseas, yeah, during the commercial break, I, I, you know, just leaned over and you know, Gensel is as straight a shooter you're going to get, and I said, Mike. How, how concerned are you that when you get to the tournament, you're not going to be big enough? And he goes, Jeff, scared to death. I mean, he, mm-hmm. I mean, that's probably off the record. So I, probably should be like, I mean, they're, they're not very gritty. I, I mean, they got some grit. They work. But they're not big and physical. If it wasn't for Ambrose, they had very little that for presence, presence him in fashion. They really were the only guys who really provide the, the muscle out there. And uh, it's just like the, the weekend in Wisconsin – it, it, to me, that's that's what could go wrong in the tournament. I mean, when guys like Kloos and Camerata start getting erased. I mean, they're young, they're small, they're extremely skilled. But, you know, this team almost reminds me of, like, a really good Woog team, where you got young, small high school guys from Minnesota, and they just got kind of erased in the postseason. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but this is, not a, this is not a team that I'm convinced, you know, walks through anything. Hammy, thoughts on the possible softer league schedule? Well, I mean, I think that's always a concern when you're, you know, playing. I mean, we didn't obviously have to worry about that too much in the past with the WCHA. But, um, you know, at the same time, I say to myself, I think down the stretch, we're going to have some pretty competitive games. I think that um, in the the Big Ten tournament, we should likely face, you know, a couple good teams. Um, We've had some good out-of-conference teams this year that we've played against that, you know, I mean, the, the BCs and the Notre Dames and some of these teams that are, you know, if not NCAA, they're on the cusp of that. You know, we played St. Cloud and, and Duluth, you know. So, I mean, I think that we've been challenged enough. And if I remember correctly, I think we had, like, either a top five. Last time I looked, it was, like, one of the top schedules as far as strength of schedule goes in the country, you know, as far as that statistic goes. So, um, I'm not overly concerned about it as far as the size goes. I mean, yeah, but that's not a physical team. Um, but then again, you know, you see a team like BC who's made a living off of that speed and, and transition game in the NCAAs. And they've not that they've been small, but they're not exactly known as a big physical team either. So, And they've given teams like North Dakota fits during the NCAAs. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it comes down to matchups, the kind of rink you get on, the kind of team you're playing against. Josh Coop wants to know which freshman has had the biggest impact so far this season. Hammy? Ah, oh, boy. I mean, that's that's a tough one because there's been such good performances. I I, I kind of want to go with uh, Hudson Fashing, even though Clues has been great and Camarada has been, you know, pretty solid himself. Fashing, you know, he's got the size. He's kind of completed that top line. I think he's added that physical element. He um, creates that kind of space in front of the net. He scores a lot of those garbage goals that, you know, a lot of other guys on the team maybe aren't necessarily known for, you know, maybe Ambrose and a few others, but... Um, I would say out of all the guys, he's the one that's impressed me the most because the reality of the matter is, is coming into the year, you know, he, his stock had dropped the last couple of years yes. because he just did not, you know, he didn't perform as well offensively as a lot of people had hoped when he went to the U S program and, and to see him, uh, kind of, you know, come back this year and, and kind of take the uh, bull by the horns and do so well offensively. I think that to me has been the biggest surprise out of the freshman. Well, and you nailed it with him and Clues. I mean, Kloos is my personal favorite because he's got just an electric skill set. I mean, his yep. speed is – I mean, it used to be that, you know, a kid would come in, and no matter how skilled he was, he would just kind of feel his way until the holidays. And in the first period of the first game against Mercyhurst, 
Kloos just said, screw it, and turned the corner on D twice in, the, in, in one period. And freshmen don't usually have that kind of presence to know, I am that much better. I am that much faster. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't have to wait till, you know, till after the World Juniors to show people. And it, it, I mean, so he's, he's been different from the, from the outset. But fashion has brought something that this team uh, needed desperately. That was you know, a, a net front presence. And when you talk about getting a guy up front who makes a difference, too often people just think, Size and physicality are all that matters, but you've got to have hands, and Fashing has got playmaker's hands, and he gets his stick on everything. One thing I also like about Fashing is that recently, I'd say in the last month, his puck handling skills have been improving. Not, I mean, I mean, he's he's holding on to the puck a lot longer. Uh, guys can't get the puck off his stick. Uh, I mean, it's just he's controlling it similar to what. Uh, oh boy. Who did we lose last year? I'm, I'm just blank. Uh, Bukestad. Mm-hmm. Bukestad used to be able to keep that stick puck on his stick for a long time and just kind of keep people off of him. And with Fashing, I'm starting to notice that type of dominance by him. Fashing well, does think- it in a, in a more physical fashion, too. I mean, Bukestad was yeah. so angular that yeah. he was all elbows. You know, like they say about a, a pitcher with a funky delivery, he's all elbows and assholes. That was <laughs> he, had, he, had, he had knees and elbows poking out in every direction. He was like a, shaped like a... Like a jumping jack, and nobody could get near him. I mean, he had, he had like this, feel, this uh, like field uh, shield around him. Well, I think the other thing with freshmen is, you know, they're obviously a lot of times, you know, they're worried about screwing up, and so you know, with a kid like that, you know, he's probably thinking to himself, you know, I just want to get rid of the puck, I want to move the puck, get to my open teammates, so on and so forth. And now that you've played, you know, almost two thirds, you know, two thirds of a season or whatever, um, they're certainly going to be a lot more comfortable. So I'm sure that's part of it as well. Uh, question from Todd Johnson. Is Brodzinski going to be back this the weekend, Hammy? I believe so. Both him and, what was it, Saratori, I think they were both aiming to have them back, uh, you know, this weekend. So I, I would imagine that he's going to be back. I think he's a, the, along with Boyd and the, the, the shot in the arm, he gave the power play. I think Brodzinski's as underrated a power play presence as there is on this roster because he gets pucks to the net better than anybody. Yeah. and that's, Absolutely. That's key. Well, and and he, he finds he finds those openings with that wrister. He's got a heck of a shot. I mean, he's just like his brother. They're both, you know, they're both good shooters. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, he had a lot of success last year in USHL, you know, offensively. So I, I really believe that, uh, you know, moving forward, he's going to be a big cog in the gopher machine, especially on the power play in future yep. years. Yeah, I mean, some guys just have a knack for finding the openings. I mean, I like Ben Marshall's skills a lot, but he—I mean—he finds a lot of shin pads, and then guys like Brodzinski find little openings. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> Nothing worse when they're shooting it in the, def- you know, the forwards' legs, and it's out of the zone, and yeah, it's a key yeah, skill. It's, it's a key skill. I, you know, I used to love Benelli because he had that lateral movement along the blue line where he could just kind of dangle and then go side to side and. And just kind of float until the guy slid by him. I mean, he's you know so patient. But Brodzinski's just he finds openings. Todd with another question: Will Penn State be as boring to play as Wisconsin? What do you think, Jeff? Are they going to try to do the same thing of shut us down? I well, it's too early for me. To, I mean, I've seen them play like three games in their in their entire you know program yeah. history. So to, so to sort of think I can map out the route of, of style that they can embrace. I mean, when you are that t- uh, talent. You know, uh, deprived and, and, and that far behind a program like Minnesota, you can't you can't skate with them. You can't you can't try to go Michigan or North Dakota against them. That's why I love the Michigan and North Dakota series because they you know those are two at Boston College. Those are like the only two or three teams in the country that will that will go at us and just play our style and try to beat us at our style. And you can't you can't if Penn State tried it, 
then Guy Godowski should be, you know, run out of town. I mean, they should you know, take, take down his statue and throw it next to Paterno's. If you're listening live and you want to tweet us, just use the hashtag GPL Podcast, and we'll try to read your question. I see Christina Worm wants to know the freshman with the most speed, and I think that's pretty much clues. Yes, he flies. He can fly. I can't remember seeing a kid come into the league with that kind of speed. I mean, it's just it's so ridiculously noticeable. And if I mean, like I said, I've known his I've known his uncle Chuck so since I was five years old. We've had some some you know real good heart to hearts on it, and he, he tells me that he's never seen so many defensemen take the angle they thought was the angle and miss. Is I mean, from you know peewees on up, he's just people think he's coming at a speed. That he is that he is surpassed in an unreasonable fashion, and nobody nobody ever gets an angle on him. I have a question for either of you. Do you think Condon is back? He well, seemed, you know, he he started pretty well, and then was quiet for a while. Um, but I I've been concerned about him all year. You know, he just he hasn't been scoring like we hoped he would. I think he did what he thought he had to do for the team. I mean, he he took the captain duty very seriously, and they put him on a line with two kids that were going to play offense first and worry about defense when they had to, and yeah. he was their center. So, I mean, he, was, he, he basically babysat for, for two months and made sure that, that when these guys are gone, someone's going to be here. That's, I mean, I love, the, I love the combination because they're the three fastest guys on the team. I mean, they're just, they're just lightning. And Condon is a fantastic, responsible two-way forward. And I don't think, you know, that, at that time, they didn't have Clouston. I believe Condon was still the center and, and then had that defensive responsibility. And, and, you know, Kloos got off to such a blazing start because I think he knew he had that freedom because he had, yeah. you know, brother back there. Yeah. Hammy, what are your thoughts? Condon, well, I mean, I, you know, I've been concerned about him all year. We've talked about it. Yeah, I mean, I, admittedly, I thought he would have done a little bit more offensively this year than what he has. But, you know, like Jeff touched on, when you're playing with a couple young guys, you kind of have to think a little bit more responsibly. He's always been a, you know, very good defensive forward. So, you know, I think it's kind of natural for him to, you know, especially when those guys started off well, to kind of take that role. And uh, hopefully as, you know, kind of goes down the stretch, that leadership and that, you know, that senior, you know, step forward and, and he'll be a little bit more offensively present. Going back to the Penn State question, as far as the style goes yeah. or whatever, um, I, like Jeff said, I think it's only a matter of time. You know, for me, it's only a matter of time. They're going to, they have the facilities, they have a good fan base. They have, you know, that the backing of their administration. I mean, they're gonna recruit good players. It's only a matter of time. I mean, to me, they're the kind of program that's gonna scare some of these, I mean, kind of middle to smaller schools that have been good over the last 10, 15 years because they're gonna have a lot to offer. You know, they might not be taking recruits from the Gophers or Michigan or BC or whatever, but that next tier down, they're going to be very competitive for those recruits, and those are the guys that are going to be, you know, offensive leaders for them moving forward. So I think it's going to be, you know, not now they're not going to play that open style, of course, because they don't have the talent. But I think eventually, I think they'll be much better. Yeah, you know, what, you know what's going to really help them too. I think recruiting wise, they are going to be able to to challenge not the elite of the hockey East for recruits, but I mean, you know, you know, the the Boston schools will get who they want for the most part, but Penn State's going to steal a lot of guys because they thanks to the Big Ten Network, are going to spend Friday nights on TV in New York City, Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Maryland, you know, all the way up to Minneapolis. I mean, that is, a, that is an expansive network with, with major markets and great exposure and Friday night primetime games without exception. And that's, that, that's a pretty good sell for a school like Penn State, uh, you know, if you're considering them or New Hampshire. And New Hampshire is a, a, you know, a traditional power that, that is a much better program 
But I think, you know, you could get to the point where you could start making arguments that Penn State has a little more to offer you in terms of uh, exposure in that conference, uh, that conference network. Totally agree. <laughs> they, do, they do have a nice building. Go Big Ten. We've got New York City. Do we really now? <laughs> the Rutgers. I mean, New York City is a, is a Big Ten network media market. Yeah, well, we'll see, I guess. You know, I just, I, I kind of like that little place they've Why built there. Sea, for God's sake. What? We own, we own the Eastern Seaboard. Go Big Ten. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Big Ten Network has gotten better with their broadcasts throughout That's this the year. Point. They make money. They print money. Yeah, they do. Um, but, uh, you know. Dave It's all about the money. <laughs> but, you know, they put us, they, they gave us a shout out a couple weeks ago, so we're pretty happy about it. Well, and they do hockey doubleheaders. I mean, that's that's cool. I mean, that's. I mean, I know that we don't like to see our friends at Fox lose uh, lose games because we get great coverage. But I mean, to the Big Ten Network's credit, they put all of, they put the Fox games on the BTN to Go app and the, and the website, so you still get them and you get the and you get the on air doubleheaders. It, it really is good for the sport. Definitely is. It definitely yeah, I think, is. I think your boyfriend just called me on Skype. <laughs> yeah. Hammy, can you hear us? Did Hammy hit me? Hammy says he can't hear us for some reason. I think I'm getting a call. Nobody knows. No, no Hammy no. is he's typing into the little text to type Skype window. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, he's saying that he can't hear anything. Hmm. I, I'm receiving a message. Uh, maybe it's from Hammy. <laughs> <laughs> that is where you're receiving the message, Sean. You see people out there on Skype. Hello. We, we can hear here. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's some scary people out there on Skype. I've seen some weird things. Hold on a second. I'm just going to type to him. We can hear him. I, I heard him. That's strange. For some reason, he cannot hear us. That's what you get for using Skype. Just use phones. Be old school. Well, no, the audio quality. Well, is I'm glad better. that you guys can hear me because I can't hear. Hey. I can't hear diddly Scott right now. <laughs> well, so yeah, you can call me every phone. name in the book, and I'll just say yes, I'm here. F you, Hammy. I'm gonna so, hang. I'm gonna see, hang up on Hammy. Podcast, you don't have to say "f you." I was told today. I said "f you" today, and Tom said, "Why would you just say f? You could say you." But he said the real yeah. thing. Well, I'm gonna reconnect with Hammy. See if we can get him back in here. All right. Because we well, need him to be able to hear us. Can you hear us now, Hammy? It just said "call failed" under his name, so I'm oh. guessing that means no. Oh. I, I mean, you really impressed me with the technical know-how and, and the wizardry that you're pulling off during the week with Skype this and Skype that. But it, was, it was just it was a house of cards. You were, you were complete and Hey, we usually do pretty well. And remember, I'm, I'm producing at the same time. So it's not as easy as you think. It's not no, as easy. You know what? Podcasting, podcasting has already completely blown my mind in the last two weeks. I thought I'd just go in and do a radio show. It's just it's not even close. It's not. Even you know, close. I'd be interested in coming down and seeing those studios when Anytime. you do a show with Tom sometime because I, I want to see what kind of setup they have. Obviously, they got a lot of professional equipment, but it sounds like some of the stuff they're doing is similar to what I'm doing, you know, and, and getting it out there Except and getting it live. The um, I'm just teasing. The um, it's a really nice setup because they're in. You know where the um, the Acme Comedy Club is. Ditaska building in the warehouse. Yeah, yeah, I know where that is. I think Hammy just was shot. By the way, I think Hammy just he just rubbed <laughs> out the face. His picture just came down off Skype. Uh, <laughs> the um, but yeah, they're they're in that they're in that Ditaska building, and so they're in a, a really nice upscale, you know, old warehouse building. You know, yeah, that's it's got like this big glass, you know, bar with the, with the marble countertops and everything. Mm-hmm. And every you know, I'd, I'd like to stand there and just ten bar, be a big shot. But everybody there is you know in recovery. Me, Tom, Sean, and. You know, die. None of us drink. You know, so it's, I just got to serve them up and pass them out. Can you hear us now, Hammy? Yeah, I can hear you. 
It was something weird. So it was better just to hang up on you and start over. Yeah, it was strange because it was strange. I know I heard your type come up, and I'm like, well, we can hear you when I told you to say something. So well, now Hammy sounds really disgruntled. I know. I'm He's always like that. He's not the same guy he was five minutes ago. <laughs> Skype, man. This could work to our advantage. Well, the, the reason I like to use Skype is that the audio quality is just so you know much I better like. than telephone. It's just it's just easier. I'm just teasing. Yeah, no, you know what? You're right. It is. It's, it's much clearer. Than I mean, you sound. I mean, you don't sound like you're calling on a phone. No, I'm not. I'm calling. Uh, it sounds phone. like you know. It doesn't sound the greatest, but you sound pretty decent. And you know, that's one thing that I that I really want. You know, you have a podcast. And the audio's got to be at least decent, or else people aren't going to listen. Look, decent is the best I can do with a Sennheiser mic. It's, it is what it is. God gave me what he gave me. Yeah. I mean, but, I, I ain't James Earl Jones. Let's not kid ourselves. Yeah, but if you sound like shit, you know. You just swore again. Jesus. You know what? I'm going to make this podcast explicit anyway, so it's, it's you not know a what? big deal. Um, when I did my first uh, sit-in with Bernard last week, I let him fly. I, I mean, the profanities. And I felt terrible. When I walked out there, <laughs> I, just, I, felt, I felt like I'd sold my soul. I mean, I got over it, but I mean, it really felt weird. You know, at first, you know, we haven't been an explicit podcast, and if something slipped, I edited it out. But then I started thinking, you know, it's not like we're going to be dropping F-bombs all over the place, so why not change it to explicit in case something slips? It's not a yeah. big deal. Don't do, I mean, it, don't do it to do it, but if, if, yeah, it feels, exactly. if you're emphatic about something, you shouldn't duck it either. Right? It's just... You, <laughs> Yeah, well, you're right. You're right. And, well, no, you know, no, Adam Abrams told me that. I stole it from him. You know, I did a live. I we did a live broadcast a couple of years ago during the Alaska Anchorage series. You know, we were just sitting there talking about the game as it was on. Had a ton of people listening, and I was getting pissed drunk throughout the whole thing. No, exactly. Oh yeah, I was drinking. I went through a nice bottle of gin throughout the whole thing. Hammy, I think you were on with me, weren't you? I think yeah, I was briefly on for a little bit. Yep. How come neither of you remember this? Did one of you loopy the other? I but barely cool, remember it. But you know what? You know we're just commenting on the game as it's going on. It's not like we're doing play by play, but we had a bunch of people on, like eight or ten of us talking about the game. We had a, a, a friend of mine known who was driving through Wisconsin who skyped into us via her phone while mm-hmm. she was driving. You have a female friend? Let me wrap my oh, mind. Oh wow! You've met my wife. Don't be that way. <laughs> well, I mean, you're you're all caught up in this Skype technology. Your your advanced uh, relations with females has got me blown away. Oh, but continue. No, she's just a, she's just an old friend. Hell, my wife might be listening right now just to hear listen to you. I think I think she likes you. I think a lot of women are in that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm out there. Hey, I'm single. I'm a free agent. Oh God, I just stubbed my toe. I've never stubbed my toe during a show before. This is completely your fault. Oh boy, my fault. <laughs> <laughs> happened to me on a real radio show oh oh poor jeff it does hurt poor Jeez. jeff is there anything worse than hitting your shin or stubbing a toe they're just other than hitting in the balls it's the worst place stepping oh, on something me. sharp when you're walking to the bathroom at night that sucks yeah like a like a matchbox car oh, oh. don't get me started all right back to go for hockey yeah yeah jeff what do you think overall about the team this year well i mean are you positive about it you think they could go far in the tournament let's hear what you think about it well they are, if they're not the best team in the country, they're one of the best two, you know, they're on their short list, on the list of two or three okay. best teams. They, they and Boston College are the, are the cream of the crop. Um, but, I mean, you know, Yale won the tournament last year. I'm not going to get over that. I mean, it's just, Yale was awful. I mean, if you go back and look at the season they had, I mean, they were awful right up to the end. And they were like 17 and 10. And they beat us. I mean, so who knows? And, and we had, you know, for the first time in a long time, a goalie that I had complete confidence in. It wasn't on him either. Oh, no, no. But I mean, when you go, when you go in 
with arguably the top team in the country, uh, you know, and, and, and you are on you know every role imaginable, and you, you got the confidence, and you got a goaltender. I mean, that team, the, the, to me, that loss to Yale was every, every bit as shocking as the Holy Cross loss because that team was falling apart. I mean, the, the, that, that, that team was – Yeah. I mean, team, the wheels were coming off that team. They lost 10-9 to 9 or 9-8 to 8 to St. Cloud, for God's sake, the, the week before that. I mean, they were falling apart. And, uh, and they didn't like each other. I mean, Castle, Patani, they, they did not get along. It's, I mean, there was, a, there was a lot of infighting, a lot of rivalries, and then just a lot of bitterness on that team. And that, that I mean, I, I'm not going to say I saw that coming, but I could understand it in hindsight. What happened last year against Yale still doesn't make sense to me. Well, Yale got hot. I mean, they, well, but I, I mean, it wasn't just the Gopher game. They they took out North Dakota. They made it all the way. I mean, what did they do in the ECAC playoffs? I mean, that's true, but. I think we started it, to be honest with you. <laughs> Maybe we did, uh, but uh, they're happy about it, I tell you that. Well, I mean, so but but my point is, and I know it's a real roundabout. And oh, real, it's fine. You know, dodge the question. But, I mean, if you're going to make the shortest of short lists, uh, I mean, the Gophers are, are one of the top two teams in the country, bar none. I mean, it's, they're one or two by, by everybody's standard, and they deserve to be. Well, but, I, I mean, again, we're talking a single elimination format yeah. in a sport where you, know, you have you know, too many things uh, come down to puck luck or a hot goalie or – you know, a, a fanned pass from behind your net. You know, God bless uh, Benny Marshall. But, I mean, things happen. Randy Scarta hits the inside of a post. I mean, single elimination hockey is ask Team USA. It's, it's very unpredictable. Yeah. yeah, don't get me started about that. That's Well, and that's the thing we were talking about on GPL earlier, I think la- this week or last week, they were talking about, you know, the prestige of, you know, winning the WCHA when we were in it as compared mm-hmm. to national titles and whatever. And I actually said that I think that, you know, winning the WCHA regular season title, it was more difficult of a task. It was. Because, because you have to do it week in, week out over several months than winning a national title. Because national title, you could be the best team and you have a fluke shot here. A goalie plays great against you. You know, it could be a million things that happen. And, you know, it, I know the old cliche. I don't remember who said it. Was it Brendan Morrison? You know, the best team doesn't always win the national title, whatever it was. All right. I mean, you know, I mean, there is a, an element of truth to that to some extent. You know, maybe not every year, but to a lot of years, it's not always the best team that wins. So it's All just right. a matter it's, of goaltending and whatever. Goaltending matchups. I mean, Michigan State, I'm not exaggerating. When I say Michigan State and Yale are really ordinary hockey teams. I mean, yeah. those are teams that if you put them in, in, in the, you know, the later years, the last 10 years of the WCHA, the power years, those are teams that would have trouble getting home ice. And I'm, I'm not exaggerating. Those are very ordinary hockey teams. And, uh, I mean, and this, is, this is not to take a shot at our neighbors to the Northwest, but in 1997, you mentioned uh, Morrison. In 1997, nobody was on Michigan's. No, no, nobody played the game Michigan played. Michigan was played a game that was foreign to the rest of college hockey. And they get to the Frozen Four, and BU lays, I mean, they put their guts on the line and had this, uh, this out of nowhere uh, uh, unbelievable win against them uh, to beat Michigan. And then they had nothing left for North Dakota. I mean, they, I mean, they, they went to that North Dakota game uh, you know, with their tanks empty, and they didn't. They didn't have to refill them during the game. I mean, so it just it, it comes down to matchups. I mean, nineteen ninety seven Michigan is as good a college hockey team as I've ever seen. And North Dakota, you know, God bless them, won a national championship without having to play them, and they played a team that was that that was, you know, butt ass beaten down because they had to play them. So I, it just it comes down to you know matchups, luck of the draw. Uh, you know, I mean, so many things happen uh, in single elimination. Well, you know, I think the opposite happened to North Dakota just a few years ago when Duluth won it. You know, they yep. they came in as the powerful yeah. team, and Michigan took them out. And and yeah. I, I've told the story before. I was in the press box for that game when you know 
when when Michigan beat North Dakota, and I could not believe how many people in that press box were happy that Michigan won that game. They, they, they were they were joyous that they beat North Dakota. Yeah, yeah. Well, you don't. College hockey is unique that way, where uh, where the media actually cares. I mean, in yeah. many cases, not in all. Yeah. But I mean, you got the Tim Hennessy's of the world. I mean, there's, there's not a lot of neutrality in guys like that. <laughs> well, we had radio radio guys. They're all biased. Those radio play by play guys. I haven't heard one for any team that's not yeah. biased. And then, you know that's kind of a trend in all sports because now all the teams control the broadcasts. But right. it's gotten to it's gotten to the point where it's not good for the sport to have so much cheerleading going on. And, and I, I mean, I, I liked him, and we used to take the trips up to Grand Forks, you know, because the Clear Channel, you know, the long haul trucking saloon. We do the shows, and uh, and and Tim, I, I I really do like him. I think he's a good guy, but. When, when he had that, do you remember his infamous moment where he went into Mary Arena, opened the mic, and it said, "You could just feel the arrogance when you walk into this." Ah. I'm like, you, that is one of the most, you know, you know, pot kettle. I mean, it's it was. I, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" I mean, he, teams. I think teams and their own fan bases and their own media groups to a certain extent lack some self-awareness and we do too i'm sure well you know we're gonna miss the great wcha final five this year but i think a lot of that is gonna be in the west regional because you know what yeah we, we could face a north dakota right off the bat like we couldn't before or a duluth yeah. or big 10 tournament's gonna be a real buzzkill. it will be a buzz kill but i think that regional has a chance to be something special I hope not. I hope they give us four crappy schools from all the Oh, you know they're going to put North Dakota there, and, they're, and you know they're going to want to put them in that first game. Uh, I know. But, I mean, you I, for, what, happened, what happened to being by the numbers? I mean, it was supposed to all be. Yeah. That, that guess, I kind of appreciated that. You know, that like the about. NCAA has any integrity. I oh, mean, yeah. really? No, no. No, no I'm not going to defend the NCAA, but I did think. For a long time, that the pairwise was the purest form of, of picking a tournament field that you could possibly have. Yeah. Well, I mean, we I, can forget about Duluth now too. The way that they're going. Yeah, they've kind of fallen off. But yeah, that's a yeah. shame because they, they were really looking good there for a while. When when we saw them, you know, going to that North Star Cup final, they were they were starting to peak pretty nicely. I mean, we could have both North Dakota and Saint Cloud in that West Regional. So yeah, that would be ridiculous if they, if they loaded up that badly. That would be ridiculous. It, it could be, but if you're the top overall seed, you deserve a little bit of a break. Well, we hope it happens, but you know, you just never know with the NCAA. No, you no. just never know. So, what what can you do? What can you do? All right, guys, we have rambled on long enough for this podcast. Jeez, <laughs> I just drank a cranberry juice for God's sake. Hurry up, with <laughs> Jeff. Will you come back on with us again sometime? Anytime. I can't believe you'd want me to, but yeah, anytime. Well, I tried before, but, you know, at first, you know, you didn't have a computer, you didn't have all this technology. I was pretty depressed for about a month. You, well, you no, I mean, that was a while back, and you didn't have the tech, and then I asked you a while back, it was right after you lost your job, and I'm like, yeah, I'll just ask anyway. Well, it's just like Just like a month ago? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my girlfriend and I broke up like three days before I lost my job, too, so it was a rough stress. <laughs> oh, it was not a good month for me. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the 46th birthday, January 19th, was not a festive occasion. But Puppy. I <laughs> Puppy. I'm always going to love that. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Remember, you can follow Jeff Dubay on Twitter at Jeff Dubay. He's starting a podcast next week on the Tom Bernard kind of podcast network. So, Hang on, I'll put my pants back on. Hang on. Oh, geez, right. here we go. You'll have to wear your pants next week when you're in the studio, I'm not a too. Um, but you're also going to be, you'll have your podcast. It'll eventually be on what? I'm guessing iTunes and what? JeffDubay.com? Yeah. I mean, we're going to use we're going to use Spreaker, we're going to use iTunes, but uh, the, the simplest I don't know, I'm going to tweet them all out. 
But I mean, if you want like a, a one stop, you know, catch all place to get them, just jeffdubay.com. Okay. And obviously on iTunes as well, just like GPL. Yeah. You can find us everywhere. Um, Hammy. Yes, sir. This was an entertaining week. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, take I, wish- it, I take it you're going to pick the Gophers to sweep this weekend? Uh, well, if they don't, they don't deserve to win the Big Ten. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, they should take care of business. We definitely need them to take that uh, seven-point lead again. So, hopefully, they'll take care of business. Vigo said sweep, too. So, Puffy, you think it's sweep as well? Yeah, if Guy Gadowski thinks LeVar Arrington is, and, 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 and <laughs> Kurt Warner and – help me out. Give me one more Penn State football player. If he thinks that uh, – Calvin Booth, if he thinks they're coming – Kijana Carter. Carter. Kijana Carter. Come on. Well, did you guys see on Twitter today the, the picture I put out? Did you see the picture of Pride on Ice with Penn State shirt? Yeah, we shirt? all to wait for your tweets out. What's that? They're, they're selling a Pride on Ice t-shirt at Penn State no. for hockey. No. I shit you is not. It, is it what feature, cocktail? No, it just says Pride on Ice with the Penn State oh, logo on it. Not like a whiskey on the rocks? No, no. you got to be kidding uh, Check, yeah. uh, check the, my Twitter account. You'll see I posted it earlier today. I, that's what I consider myself when I was in lockup. I was pride on ice. Oh, I just—it's self-deprecation. It's, it's, it's all good, man. It's all good. Well, we're, isn't, we're, that, isn't that a, isn't that a slogan or a, a slang for for being locked up? You're on ice, or maybe a, well, I being know. locked up. I mean, you know, whatever. You know, you want to hear something ironic? You know what people like to watch in jail? A show called Jail. Have you ever seen it? It's a show about people in jail, and it's watched by people in jail. It's, <laughs> it's absolutely. Perfect. And I don't mean perverse sexually. It's just demented. You're in oh, jail. Yeah. I can watch it. Show people. Look around. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Dubay, folks. Thanks, Jeff, for joining us. Yeah. We will get you on again sometime. Thanks for listening to the GPL podcast. We'll be in the back next week without Jeff, though he added a lot to the show, I must say. And we'll recap this Penn State series and, you know, talk about the series oh, at Ohio State. And Jeff just hurt himself. <laughs> See, I can hear him hurting himself in the background. It's not over a lamp. This never happens in radio. (laughs) Thanks for listening.